Psalm 146. So I was trying to read the psalm multiple times as I was getting ready. And this is a kind of one-liner where I could summarize uh, this psalm. So that says, if you know you are God, we see that in verses 6 through 9, and do what he says, verses 3, 2, 5, as you see that in the screen, you will not die, but you will live to praise him. This is what a one-liner summary of Psalm 146. If you know you are God and do what he says, you will not die, but you will live to praise him. So this morning I would like to title my sermon as Not Die, But Live to Praise. Can you say that with me? Not die, but live to praise. Little more, little louder. Not die, but live to praise. You know, this title reminds me two things. The words of the psalmist in Psalm 118, verse 17, psalmist says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. So as I put this title, two things came in my mind. Number one, as psalmist says, I shall not die, but live. You know, these words are so powerful. I believe these words are so powerful to quicken somebody's body who is dying because we are talking about the word of God. Amen. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And the second thing that came in my mind was a quote that I wrote long ago, sometime back. And that says, a life that is at the center of God's will is immortal until God is done with it. Amen? A life that is at the center of God's will is immortal. Nobody can kill you. Nobody can kick you out. Nobody can put you in a sick bed and nobody can bury you. A life that is at the center of God's will is immortal until God is done with that life. For some of you, this life has been so challenging. This life has not been so great at all. This life could not really offer to you what you deserve. You had gone through some challenges in your life. Or you may be still going through some of the challenges in your life. And you are wondering what this life is all about. And I believe this morning this sermon is for you. According to Psalm 146, life is a great gift from God. The gift that is given in our hands and that is so filled with a couple of our many different opportunities. It's a life that God has given in our hands as a gift and given with so many opportunities to know God, and to do what he says and to praise God. You remember the summary line? To know God. Can you say that with me? To know God and to do what he says and to praise him. Amen. If we were, if we were not born in this world, we would have really lost this opportunity of knowing God. Does it make sense? If we would not have been born in this world, we would have really lost the opportunity of knowing our God. It was God who brought us to existence on the face of this earth. You know, many lives started, but they could not continue. 
they could not make it but you know by the grace of God our life started the day when we were conceived you know by the grace of God our life could continue you know what a gift it is that God has given in your hand and my hand that's the life that we are living in here in Psalm 146 if we can go to the next slide the psalmist is urging us to say know your God again verses 6 through 9 know your God and do what he says verses 3 to 5 you will not the previous slide you will not die but you will live to praise him can you say that again read that again with me if you know your God and do what he says you will not die but you will live to praise him know your God we are going to talk from verse 6 through 9 know your God you know we all know our God how much we know it all you know it differs because we are trying to understand our God you know you know within these binders within these two binders God is such a mighty God he's an amazing God and God cannot be really contained in this small book He's much beyond this book, but we are trying to understand God in the light that is given in our hands. So life, I believe life is an opportunity that God has given in our hands to know more about our God. You know, many times we don't know what to do with this life. The way people are dealing with this life, we don't know what to do with this life that is given in our hands. Many times we treat this life as a burden from the day when we were born until the day we die we carry this life as a burden every day you know I believe that's not the plan of God that's not the way God has created us on the face of this earth as I said millions in this world they started their lives but they are living today without any clue why they are living for what reason this life is given in their hands they don't have any clue what this life is all about Life is an opportunity to know our Heavenly Father. Verse 6, Psalm 146, Bible says, Who made, if you can read with me, Who made heaven and earth, the sea, all that is in them, who keeps truth forever. First of all, we know our God as our Creator. Amen? You know, you may know your Heavenly Father as our Heavenly Father. Almighty God omniscient God omnipresent God we know our God in many different ways but this morning do you know your God as your creator you know the complexities of the universe the whole universe the intricacies of life is so unimaginable the kind of wisdom that you know with which God had created you and he put all these things together and packaged that well and given in your hands in the hands of your parents you know it is so amazing to realize our God is the creator Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says for by him all things were created there are that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities and powers all things were created through him and for him all things what we see today and we don't see today everything was created by our God he is the creator you're trying to understand who our God is he is our creator Psalm 95 verse 5 says the sea is his because he 
made it? Can you imagine? Someone can make the sea, someone can make the ocean. You know, I want you to just imagine. I want you to, you know, even if you attach a little bit of emotion to it and try to understand God, it is worth this morning. He made the sea and his hands formed the dry land. You know, some of these applications, you know, phone softwares we have, you just swipe your hand and it will paint. And I could imagine God would have just swiped his hand over the land and the entire land that, you know, in a part of the earth that came into existence. You know, what a mighty God, what a powerful God we serve. Psalm 119 verse 73, Psalmist says, Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Can you imagine? Before you were born, you were in the hands of God. God touched you. God put you together. God put me together. Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. If you go to the next slide, this is what I think. Your God is not a mechanic who can only fix your defects. Who is not even a dealership to bring you to, into this world. Who is the original manufacturer who created you and me? Our God is not just a mechanic to fix our problems. Our God is not just a dealership that he brought us from somewhere else into this world to exist. But he is a virginal manufacturer who created us. Amen. This morning, you know, such a joy to serve our God Almighty, who is our creator. That simply means he knows our weaknesses. He knows our troubles. He understands our problems. He knows your sicknesses. He knows your inabilities that you are dealing with. He knows everything that you go through in your life. At times you are sitting at the corner of your house and crying, Lord, who knows? Nobody knows what I'm going through because I can't share this with somebody else. They are going to look, look so down on me. I can't really open my mouth to say this to somebody else. You don't know what I'm going through. It's wrong. God knows every bit of the emotions that you are going through because he's your manufacturer. He created you. Amen. If you move further to verse 6. Who made the heavens and the sea and all that we see in that who keeps truth forever. Who keeps truth forever. Truth, that simply means his word. And his word is nothing but God himself. John chapter 1, you know, John writes in chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, if we can read that together, in the beginning was the word. Can you read that together? In the beginning that was word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things, verse 3 says, all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. You know, in the beginning God made everything that we see and he was the word truth. Because he was the word, the truth remains forever. Nobody can take the truth out of our lives. Nobody can wipe the truth on the face of this earth because he was there right from the beginning of the creation. Let's move further, verse 7. Who executes justice for the oppressed? Who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. Not only he is a creator. He is also a giver. What he give? What does he give? 
there is a great need today we see in the society in the community you know god only can satisfy the need those who are oppressed they need justice and god can do the word of god says god can release them from the oppression those who are hungry they need food god can feed them he gives food to the hungry those who are imprisoned they need freedom and god can release them today the world is in great need only god can meet that need only god can meet the psalm 103 verse 6 says the lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed there is so much of oppression happening on the face of this earth and god can be the only answer you know many times we don't think about the rest of the world because we just were so focused we are so narrow minded we are so thinking about our own problem but if you look at the rest of the world we don't even at times try to understand what others are going through people are so oppressed based on gender based on color based on caste and religion and various other ways people are discriminated poverty takes out more than 10000 children every day can you believe this this is the statistics more than 10000 children die every day without food without food people are imprisoned not just in jail big people are imprisoned in their habits people are imprisoned in addiction and drugs and so many evil practices and violence in so many ways people are imprisoned only god can set them free and he can do it through us he can do it through the church today he cannot do it by himself he is depending on you and me to do that you know this generation needs god our younger generation needs god you know god can bring deliverance to them through you and through me through this feeble hands and knees that we have today you know god wants us to be used in his kingdom only god can set us free and set them free from their oppression from their hunger from their imprisonment verse 8 the lord opens the eyes of the blind the lord raises those who are bowed down the lord loves the righteous we are seeing another kind of god here in verse 8 bible says he is a miracle worker the lord opens the eyes of the blind verse 8 even today god performs miracles you know there is a teaching out there that you know god performed miracles only 2000 years before when he was on the face of this earth but that's wrong god performs miracles even today he is a miracle worker he is a healer and he is a deliverer if you remember what jesus said about himself in luke chapter 4 verse 18 we read this it's a beautiful scripture it gives you hope it brings the hope alive in your life luke chapter 4 verse 18 the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor amen the anointing that was upon jesus and i believe that anointing is upon all of us today to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the broken hearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed he is a miracle worker our god is a miracle worker you know this morning i don't know what you have been longing for if you are waiting for a miracle from god just press on 
Just press on. Just do not leave. Just do not lose hope. God is your miracle. As he opened the eyes of the blind, he can do anything that because he is, it's possible by him. He is still God. He's still a mighty God, still a miracle worker. If you go to the next slide, the Lord raises those who are bowed down. Next slide, please. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. We are talking about a God who is a champion, who went ahead of us successfully and he is also an encourager the lord opens the eyes of the blind the lord rises those who are bowed down he's an encourager bow down simply means the one who is located or the one sorry the one who is loaded with so much of care the one who is you know not able to handle the load of life on their lives they're so pressed they are so depressed and so they are so given up and they don't have any meaning for life and our God is an encourager the Lord rises those who are bowed down in Matthew chapter 11 verse 28 Jesus said reading from NIV Matthew 11 28 come to me the reason why he said this because he rises somebody up those who are bowed down and he said this is what he said come to me all you are weary and burdened I will give you rest you know this morning God is all in calling you God is telling you child of God you need a time of rest in your life you're gone through enough and you're gone through all the way in your life and you have come to a point of life in your in your in, in your point of time in your life that you have been looking for rest and the rest can be found only in the God of Psalm 146 amen Let's move further. Verse 9. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked. We are trying to know our God. What you have been doing, first thing in this sermon, part of this sermon, we are trying to understand who our God is from verses 6 through 9. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked, He turns upside down. Our God is our guardian, our God is our protector. Our God is the guardian of the strangers and the protector. Bible says we are foreigners and strangers on the face of this earth. People, those who do not belong to this earth, they are all foreigners and strangers. And unfortunately, all the Jesus followers are known as strangers and pilgrims, foreigners, because we don't belong to this earth. And we all belong to where? Heaven. We all belong to heaven. We don't belong to this nation. You know, when people are displaced as immigrants or as refugees due to famine or war or political turmoil and you know, various things, when reasons when they, when they immigrate, they all become strangers in the foreign land. Bible says the Lord watches over them. Some of us, when we came to this nation, you know, we were like that. We were finding find it difficult to settle down. You know, we, we face people who are not familiar to us. We come to a you know, nation who are, uh, you know, the, the land is not familiar to us. Because I, I, I sense the feeling, you know, most of the time when I receive, try to go to the airport and try to receive people, the way they look at it, you know, oh, okay. Who is this guy, you know? Whether he's part of this planet or not. And when we take them out of the airport and drive on their way, oh, they are so amazed to see, where are we going? 
We thought we, are, we have come to Canada, but we came to Halifax, right? These low roads are so narrow. We don't have any idea what's going on here, right? So, you know, it looks so strange when we move to some other places. And God says, he's our guardian over there. Amen. We, are, we can all witness, right? We all remember that story, the landing on the first day in this land. We can never forget that. You can never forget that. A lot of stories. Right? Let's move on. So, uh, God is our protector. Bible says, He is our guardian. You know, that's why God gave a command, commandment to Israel, if you can read that with me. Israel saying in Leviticus 19.33, very important scripture, all of us need to know. Leviticus 19.33, God said, And if a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him verse 34 the stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you that simply means the stranger is your brother your sister and you shall love him as yourself for you were strangers in the land of egypt i am the lord your god you know it's all different right so when we come to this nation that's the reason I believe God brought us to this nation. When we look at people of this nation, you know, God wants us to develop a love towards them, a compassion towards this land. And God wants us to know that we need to treat them as our brothers and sisters. You know, sometimes they don't look that way. Because we see all the nations here in this land. In this land and God expects us to treat them. God expects us not to mistreat them. Jesus, as he was ministering, he was not just only ministering to the Jews. He was ministering to the Gentiles. He was ministering to the Samaritans and Greeks. Uh, uh, you know, all many other different people he was ministering to in the same way he was ministering to the Jews. And if you can go to the next slide, God is also the defender of widows and orphans. God has a special heart for orphans and widows. They are not forgotten. They are not forgotten from the heart of God. Jesus moved with compassion when he saw the struggles of widows. He raised the widow of Nain's son when he died. Bible says the moment he saw her crying, he moved with compassion. You know, God has a heart that is so special for widows and orphans. Psalm 68 verse 5, God says, Psalm says, a father, God is the father of the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy habitation. God is your father. God is your husband. You know, that simply means that we need to care more for widows and orphans. As a church, we should be able to take care of them. As a church, we should be able to comfort them. You know, even though nobody can replace their losses, but God wants us to come alongside of them caring for them taking care of them next slide if you can go our god is a creator this is what we understood our god is a giver our god is a miracle worker our god is a champion and he's an encourager he's a guardian he's a protector he's a defender of widows and orphans let's move to the second part now we know god and now we need to do what he says, verses 3 to 5, if you can read with me. Do not put your trust in princes. Now we know our God. Now we need to do 
what he says. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man, in whom there is no help. His spirit departs and he returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans perish. Happy is the man who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord, his God. You know, the life that brought full of opportunities of knowing who he is, is a life filled with purpose. Filled with purpose. Life on earth, we know that you know, life on earth is sustained and balanced by a process known as multiplication. Cells multiply, plants multiply, animals multiply, human multiplies, but we are made to multiply. But not just that, we are not just made just to multiply, we are here to fulfill the purpose of our Creator. We are here to fulfill the purpose of God. Life gives us an opportunity to fulfill God's purpose. And now we are supposed to do what God wants us to do. God is asking us to do two things. Number one, if you see the next slide, God is telling us, do not put your trust on people. Verse three, as it says, do not put your trust in princes, nor in son of man, in whom there is no help at all. There is no help. His spirit departs, his return, he returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans perishes. And I think I just want to narrow it down and talk to believers right now, those who believe in Jesus Christ. God is saying, when you have such a good God, He's our creator, He's our miracle worker, He's a champion, He's an encourager, and He's a guardian and protector and defender of widows and orphans. Why do we trust people? Why do we trust people? Many times we trust people more than God. As I said, I'm just talking to us, ourselves. Many times we trust God more, people more than God. You know, as I was preparing this sermon, it may be hard for you to listen to me, but as I was preparing this sermon, God was directing me to two instances in Bible, which you would have never understood in this way. I'm pretty sure God's heart is so discouraged to see this among Christians, among believers. When Paul was ministering in Athens, Acts chapter 7 verse 16, we read this way. Now while Paul waited for them in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Today, Christianity is idolizing men and women and replacing God with them. What Paul saw on on that day in Athens, today we are seeing among Christianity. You'll come to know in a moment what I'm talking about. God may be using someone that doesn't mean that he or she deserves extra honor. Do not idolize men and women. Everybody wants pastor every time. Everybody wants to talk to pastor. You, I know you don't want me. Everybody wants Jayaka. Everybody wants to talk to Jayaka at every time. Bible says, do not idolize men or women. Do not follow any preacher. Do not follow any ministry. 
Do not follow any pastor. Do not follow any priest or guru for that matter. It's all forbidden in the word of God. If you find someone so special, remember you and I have the same anointing. We have the same anointing. And if God can use somebody else, he can use you and me in the same measure or much more than that. We need to respect them. Listen to me very carefully. This is important. We need to respect them because of the authority God has given on them and the amount of responsibilities they handle. You respect them and you honor them because of that. Apart from they are not, spo- they are not special at all. You reward them, you respect them because of the authority that God has given and the responsibility that they carry. They do. Apart from that, they are not so special at all. Today, some pastors, <coughs> some pe- preachers consider themselves more special than Jesus. When a man of God, listen to me carefully, when a man of God starts seeking attention towards himself or herself, and start demanding or expecting respect and honor to be considered special because we come across such people you know they expect if they expect that they need to be considered so special remember he or she is influenced by the spirit of lucifer it's the same original problem it's the same original problem we can never expect any special honor upon ourselves in the new testament church there are five different offices word of god talks about we are because we are in the new testament age ephesians chapter 5 chapter 4 verse 1 that simply means the responsibility god has chosen some of us as apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers that doesn't mean that they are superior than an ordinary believer the same call in the New Testament the call of priesthood and the kingship is on everybody in equal your offices are different your responsibilities are different apart from that authority there is nothing special in you and me we need to understand you know if we think that they are superior in the New Testament context they are controlled by a spirit of manipulation or witchcraft which is also self-seeking and self-controlling or controlling people it is also known as the spirit of jezebel pastor or preacher has not given authority to control take control over the flocks other than the authority that god has given them to shepherd the flock you know we need to be very careful in this we need to get this right because what we see in christian world is not biblical god may open our eyes this morning i'll help you here when paul was ministering in lystra if you remember the story when paul and barnabas they ministered to a crippled man and man and they prayed over him and immediately he raised he jumped and he started praising god and you know what paul said let's read the scripture it's very beautiful interesting acts chapter 14 verses 13 to 15 We are talking about trusting people. Today the Christian world trusts on people more than they trust God. They trust on ministries. They trust on TV channels more than they trust God. And God wants us to be alerted. God wants us to be warned. It may not be the same in all the continents of of the earth. It may be differing. But I'm just talking in general. Acts chapter 14 verse 13 to 15. Then the priest of Zeus, when he saw this miracle, the priest of Zeus, 
whose temple was in front of the city brought what oxen and garlands to the gates intent sorry intending to sacrifice with the multitudes and they said in verse 14 but when the apostles barnabas apostles barnabas and paul heard this they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude crying out and saying men why are you doing these things we also are men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven the earth the sea and all things that are in them they said the God has come down to the earth and they brought oxen they brought garland and if I'm there I would have given my head please put the garland because God is using me you know what Paul said he tore his cloth and he ran away I don't deserve this you know that is the attitude of a child of God that is that should be the attitude of a man of God you don't deserve anything more I don't deserve anything more than that you know what Paul says we also are men with the same nature as you we are not special we are not special we need to learn the simplicity in Christ that we see in Paul and that we see in apostles these are the real ministers of God God is seeking for such ministers today the rest are all fake I don't respect them I don't respect them you are not more valuable than the gospel you preach you are not more valuable than the gospel you preach come on church this morning this truth is important we don't deserve anything we don't want any honor on us today we stand tomorrow we may fall who knows we don't want to raise followers following us and taking them to hell no we don't want to do it we want to show them the cross let people follow the one who died for them and God may teach us this truth do not trust people do not trust ministries and ministers of God more than God we need to respect them we need to honor them secondly Paul is saying uh, sorry the psalmist is saying be happy in verse 5 Debbie mentioned that at the end of the service happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord his God God is saying when you have such a God who is a creator who is a miracle worker who is a champion who is an encourager who is a guardian who is a protector who is a defender of the widows and orphans why are you so sad why are you so unhappy what is the problem with you what is wrong with you that maybe you know the challenges that you are dealing with dealing right now it's making you to get discouraged it's putting you down there is no doubt about it the disappointments and the discouragements the words that you heard from people talking bad things and evil things over you and over your family the sicknesses that you deal in your with your body some of the life threatening conditions that you may be going through today worrying about your future your career your children <coughs> excuse me all those things are really putting you down but this morning God is telling you why are you so unhappy what's wrong with you Psalm 37 verse 4 delight yourself also in the Lord can you read that together beautiful scripture delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desire of your heart 
we have testimonies here god has given us the desires of our hearts some of you need strength to handle what you have been handling right now debbie was mentioning that too at the end of the service today you need strength and where that strength comes from the strength comes from from the lord suddenly and here is the secret of that strength the bible says in nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 the later part of nehemiah do not sorrow the last two lines if you can read do not sorrow for the joy of the lord is your strength you need strength for your next week you need strength for your next doctor appointment you need strength for your next procedure you need strength for you know to deal with your children you need strength to handle the family situation you need strength to handle the financial situation and where the strength comes from being happy in the lord the joy of the lord can be your strength that's the only strength that you and i can have being happy in the lord this morning god is telling you to just be happy in whatever you are going through you can go to the next slide if you know your god and do what he wants you to do you will not die but live to praise him final part live to praise him verses one to two i'll finish in five minutes one to two and verse ten praise the lord praise the lord oh my soul while i live will i will praise the lord when can i praise the lord while i live i will sing praises to my god when while i have my being then only i can praise god and western says the lord shall reign forever you god your god ozion to all generations praise the lord life is also an opportunity to praise god when we know that we are made of dust when we know that you know we are totally incapable of handling the situation when we realize that there is somebody above us to take you through in this storm to take you through through this fire that you have been walking through to take you through in these waters that you are you are drowned today you automatically start praising god who is all powerful and he takes the control and he has the ultimate control over your life and god wants you to find that ultimate power of your creator who is worthy to be praised life is also an opportunity that god has given us to praise him if you know your god and do what he says you will not die but live to praise him and we know our god in many different ways and if we know our god and if we do what we say bible says we will not die we will live to praise god that cannot that people cannot praise god only the living can praise god if god has kept you alive today on the face of this earth there is only one purpose to praise him psalm 115 verse 17 says the dead do not praise god very true very true they can't even talk how can they praise god the dead do not praise god not anyone who goes down into silence isaiah 38 verse 18 says for sure cannot thank you death cannot praise you those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your truth death cannot dead cannot praise god and we know our god and god has given us life to praise him all the days of our life final verse psalm 118 17 i shall not die god wants us to declare this in our sickness god wants us to declare this in our weaknesses god wants us to declare in our in our in our sick bed and god wants us to receive healing today as we close psalm 118 verse 7 i shall not die but live and declare the words of the lord amen shall we all arise this morning as we close in prayer 
as we summarize, if we know our God, if we do what he says, we will not die, but we will live to praise him. We will live to praise him. We know our God as a creator. We know our God as a miracle worker. We know our God as a champion. We know our God as an encourager. We know our God as a guardian. We know our God as a protector and defender. We know him right now. And if we do what he says, not to trust on people, but to trust only on God, and to be happy, we will not die. We will live praise to praise our creator. Amen. Shall we close our eyes this morning?